Climate Cheesecake is brought to you by the Cheesecake Collective and powered by Artwave Studio. Hello and welcome to Climate Cheesecake. My name is Movin and I'm a PhD student and I chiefly work on uh, biodiversity conservation, specifically birds in Southeast Asia. If you like our content, please subscribe and give us a positive review on your platform of choice. So, Chien. Yes. Don't you love the haze? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What? No, you hate the haze. We all hate the haze. But why would you ask me that question? I don't know. So you'd say you hate the haze. Okay. To be honest, whenever people talk about haze, right? And mm. then, you know, you read, the, you open the uh, the newspaper and then, the, the, okay, there's a Southeast Asian haze happening. It's always a picture of burning trees. And it was only until a group like PM Haze come up and say, oh, you know, this is from peat swamp burning. And I'm like, oh, the heck is peat swamp is it just not forest yeah and that's the cool thing right so we always see trees on fire yeah but when a peat swamp is on fire the ground is on fire what is a peat swamp okay so (laughs) i'm glad you asked this question so what is peat let's start simple what is peat okay peat is basically dead vegetables um dead plant material right so you have peat swamps across the world okay so in the northern hemisphere in alaska and places like that you also have peat bogs um, there, most of the peat, peat is, is is old vegetation. Peat over time becomes coal. So we talk about coal, oh. right? And we, you know, everyone knows, has this idea of like how coal is formed. Coal is formed from plant materials. Um, plant materials that are compressed and sort of like, you know, like... Squished together. Squished together over time. <laughs> so peat is pre-coal in a sense. Okay. So think about it. If your plant material decomposes and disappears, it can't become coal, right? Yeah. Yeah, it has to be there. It cannot just disappear. Yeah. So peat is basically, for whatever reason, plant material doesn't decompose. It just accumulates. Okay. So your dead plant material is just accumulating very thick. Yeah. So in Northern Hemisphere, like Alaska, a lot of this is mosses, right? Mm -hmm. Mosses, things that are not woody. But in the tropics, where you get the biggest, most exciting, sexiest peat deposits, it's all woody material, right? It's all trees. Yeah. And in Southeast Asia in particular, we have some of the biggest deposits of peat in the world um, for a bunch of reasons, in, in part because we have such an interesting history of sea level rise and, and, and subsidence. So the sea keeps coming up and keeps coming down. Um, every time there's an ice age, there's more ice, uh, there's more ice in the ice caps and then the sea level drops and then the ice melts and then the sea level comes back up. So um, this sort of like really complex sort of like sea level rise and fall and sort of the river channels as well mean that there's a lot of low-lying areas that are coastal mm. and these areas are poorly drained. When vegetation dies, it just accumulates. Okay. And when vegetation accumulates, it becomes very thick. Lower areas don't get as much oxygen Bacteria can't decompose the vegetation as much. The vegetation itself is very acidic and, you know, that's why we put things in vinegar, right? Like vinegar yeah. stops things from decomposing or spoiling. So when you have yeah. like a vinegar-like solution and there's very little oxygen, yeah. bacteria can't grow. It just keeps growing, accumulating, right? Over thousands of years, you get like peat accumulations that can be four, six meters, sometimes even 20 meters thick. And this stores a lot of carbon, right? So this carbon is never in the atmosphere because it's been trapped in the bodies of plants and it's being kept there because these plants are decomposing. So that means when these huge deposits catch fire, it's a very bad thing. If thousands of years of carbon that has been stored, yeah, literally going up in smoke, into the air, right? And because these are organic materials, like it's like plant, if you burn a lot of plant material, you get a lot of smoke and you get a lot of smoke with particles, right? And that's basically okay. haze. Okay, wait, I want, to, I want to ask one thing. Okay, okay. it might be a stupid question. 
so you know when you explain peat, right? It sounds like it's just a wet mass of things that essentially get trapped together. But then if it's wet and so squishy, how does it even catch fire? Oh, that's a great question. So basically, peat doesn't decompose because it is wet. When it's wet, there is very little oxygen that that can get penetrated, right? And in... It's kept wet because there's forest on it. You get peat swamp forest that grows on oh. peat, right? So these trees sort of provide shade. They sort of keep um, the water table. So you, do you know what a water table is? It's like a water table is sort of like, we, there's this thing called groundwater, right? There's water yes. that, that sort of lives or exists underground. Um, it is at a certain depth. In peat swamps, because peat's like a sponge, right? When yeah. you put a sponge on a table that is wet, the water actually rises up the sponge, right? the top of the sponge that is above the table becomes wet. It's almost like it's defying gravity. <laughs> right? Like this idea that like, so peat is like a sponge. It's it's yes. spongy. Um, and the same thing, you know, like sponges sort of wick water through capillary, capillary action, right? Yeah. Peat does the same thing. So that's why it yeah. keeps the whole thing moist. And then on top of that, it's shaded by forest, which okay. protects it from evaporation. When we cut down the forest, when we start draining, we cut cutting channels into the peat dome, and start draining out the water, Yeah, that's when it starts drying out. And that's when it becomes easy to burn. And becomes super uh, easy to burn. It's almost like a fire starter. Uh, Imagine a super dry sponge and you throw that and, and like you set fire to that. It's going to go up and smoke like that. <laughs> okay, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. So, peat swamps, one of the like other things is that we talk about peat swamp rehabilitation and it's difficult because we still haven't figured out how to rehabilitate yeah. peat swamps. There's this idea that if we dam it up we could get somewhere. But we've also found out that's not entirely true because when you dam it up, it floods. So peat swamps oh. go through this thing of like okay. um, cycles of flood and fire. Okay. Very catchy, I know. Flood, yeah, fire flood cycles. Fire. Yeah. So if it's dry, it's on fire. Yeah. If it's wet, it no longer forms this forest which sort of protects it, um, you know, keeps it moist and keeps it from decomposing. It becomes like a swamp, like a normal swamp um, where, yeah, it's wet now, but it's highly oxygenated and the peat can start decomposing anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it doesn't okay. actually keep it from, like, you know, like, releasing carbon into the yeah. atmosphere. You need to sort of restore the sort of, like, original peat swamp forest ecology, okay. which we still don't know how to do. Yeah. So the best way to go about it is probably to really, like, just not keep cutting down peat swamp forests. Yeah. Okay, but to backtrack a bit. So, you know, you talk about cutting down peat swamp forests, mm. right? And deforest, uh, deforestation that happens there. But... So from whatever that we always see online or on the news, it's always about, okay, these things need to be cut down for some kind of agricultural crop, be it palm, be it sugarcane, or all sorts of things. Or pulp, right? Or pulp. But why would they even cut through peat swamp if there are just other things to cut down or other areas to to, to... to grow these things? This is actually a good question. And it's and it's a bunch of different things, actually. So you have this type of forest in Southeast Asia that's considered the richest, the most standard one. It's called lowland dipterocarp forest. That's like dry forest, right? Um, it's considered the most biodiverse. It's considered the most rich. Um, and for the most part, it actually is. So like these are the sort, sort of forest types that are sort of like earmarked for conservation. Okay. Peat swamp forest has always been thought to have lower diversity, 
be less valuable from that perspective. And so in that sense, they were always like, sort of like the allocation is always like, if we're going to sacrifice some for us, what would it be? Pizza and forest are like kind of the first to go. And <gasps> oh also, this is before we knew about the carbon sequestration potential of pizza and forest also. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. And also because there's a lot of it and it's often in coastal areas. So it's easy to access coastal areas. Peat swamps form in areas that have poor drainage. So these are areas next to river basins. Rivers are easily accessible, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Low-lying areas. People don't like climbing mountains. So yeah. So <laughs> all of these things that make um, peat swamps like form in the first place also make them very attractive as sites for agriculture. But they are also not great places to grow crops because of the nature of the habitat, it's super acidic. And yeah. when we say acidic, it's it's I'm not joking, it's like pH three, pH four, which is ridiculous. <gasps> Think about it. Uh that's like alcohol, right? Eh shit. That's that's, that's vinegar. Oh my god, that's, oh my god alcohol is an alcohol. That's vinegar, yes. Yeah, so and, correct. And, and, and the that's thing is like acid. the pH scale is logarithmic. That means every scale oh. is ten times more acidic than the than yeah. the next. So pH six is ten times more acidic than pH seven. PH5 is a hundred times more acidic than PH7. PH4 is a thousand times more acidic than PH7. And PH3, which some peat swamps are, 10,000 times more acidic than PH7. So uh, it's remarkable. And the water is like Teo, you know. It's like... It's like acidic brown. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tannin stains. So like tannins are like sort of these substances, pigment substances, or like um, from dead plants. So... Peat is a lot, it's just a whole bunch of dead plants together, stuck together, right? And tannins are basically leaching from that. Tannins typically protect plants from being attacked by insects. They sort of have this like astringent, unpleasant taste. And in peat swamps, you get so much of it, the water is crystal clear. It's like Coca-Cola. How is Coca-Cola crystal clear? As in like, <laughs> minus the fizz. Okay, flat Coca-Cola, they all. Flat, okay. Flat, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, no I, bubbles, I, yeah. just completely, it's, it's, it's is clear, this, it's transparent. It's not wait, like, yeah. Murky. And because the water is so acidic, you actually get a whole assemblage of like aquatic species that are only found in peat swamps. Like the world's, one of the world's smallest vertebrae, vertebrates is, is this tiny, tiny fish called Pedocypris progenitica. Yeah. Which is like this Did tiny, tiny Pedocypris progenitica. <laughs> I'm a, okay. Pedocypris progenitica. 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 Yes. Okay. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny fish. It's super small. Uh, and it's super fascinating because even when it's adult, its body parts kind of still look like it's a lava. Like okay. a juvenile. So they, it's like the fish that never grows up. Yeah. Peter Pan fish. Um, and you have a lot of endemism, meaning that you have a lot of species, that, aquatic species that only live in peat swamps. So even though diversity, like the number of species is low, mm. the specialness of the species is quite high. Okay. And it's like an alien habitat. Like I've been in a peat swamp once. And it was magical. It's like going into Narnia. Okay, not really, but like, it's like a completely different type of forest. When you walk in it, you're like, this is an alien habitat. I've never seen anything like this. And also, it's a pain in the ass to work in there because I actually, um, you don't know at any one moment whether you might just fall through the peat. Oh my gosh. So funny story. I was walking, so there was a road that we were walking through. We were doing some work in Brunei. Um, The road was flooded. So I just wanted to walk around the road I took one step off and I just disappeared up to my up to my shoulders <laughs> in, in in the peat, and I had to grab the side of the road so that I wouldn't like go all the way in. Is it not acidic? Does it not hurt? Um, no. It, so the thing is, like, I think that it was probably pH like four point something. Okay. But 
it doesn't actually burn, you know. It doesn't burn immediately. Uh, if you have a cut, I imagine it would not be pleasant. But like okay. with with uncut skin, it was unbroken skin. It was okay. But my phone died. <laughs> it lasted two days after. But then after, uh, but then afterwards, like you know, um, they always tell you to dry your phone as soon as possible. So I did that. But I think what happened is that the water was already kind of acidic, and then ah. as it evaporated, it started corroding like some of the circuitry in the phone. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was not that was not fun. So now I always put my phone in a waterproof bag before I walk on anything in the swamp. So how I how I see peat swamp now, now that I, I've gotten like a, a better understanding of what it is. So if I were to use the layers terms, it's essentially a spongy thing or a habitat that that is very that is very sponge-like because it, it holds a lot of these things and it absorbs a lot of things mm. in a pool of coca-cola-like liquid amazing trees yeah it's almost like i don't do you know a tris leches cake yes like you have a cake and then you pour that syrup on top of it yeah yeah so like pete is like literally like the cake and then the syrup is like literally a tannin stained water right okay and Trislatage is a delicious cake because it is so moist. Much like a peat swamp, it is great at carbon sequestration when it is moist. Yeah. When it gets dry, no good. When you pour too much syrup on your Trislatage cake and just turns to mush, it's also no good, right? Yeah. So it's about maintaining that balance okay. in the peat swamp. So it's a similar story there. So we know that to keep it alive and to keep it in its healthier state, it does a lot for us. Hmm. But now back to the topic of haze, right? So we learn about Okay, but like these things may burn and may cause haze. But someone has asked me before, is the haze from peat swamps worse than those from normal like dip forests when they burn? Is there a real difference as to the kind of haze that we get in Singapore? So the thing is, I don't know if people have done like, a, you know, per amount of organic carbon, right? Uh, but the thing is, the peat swamp per area will always have more organic carbon to burn than an average forest. So it's sootier. It's sootier. As in like, just you will just get more particles okay. from a certain area. Because <gasps> the peat itself, like the ground itself, the meters of ground itself can burn. And it's actually quite insidious because peat swamp fires, right, can disappear underground. Oh, I've heard those. Yeah, like, so they'll disappear underground yeah. and they'll just like smolder, smolder, smolder. Yeah. Smolder, smolder, smolder. For like a long time and then eventually come up somewhere else. So you just burn for, underground? Yeah, for years. Potentially. How do you even put it out? You can't. You don't... You have to like flood it, I guess. Yeah, which is why fire flood uh, cycle. Okay. Oh my yeah, God. crazy, right? Yeah. It's crazy. And the thing is like, so nowadays people know the importance of peat swamps and we try very hard to not destroy more peat swamps. Um, projects where huge swaths of peat swamps are completely wrecked. So like back in the mid-90s or something, there's this mega rice project in, in southern Kalimantan by previous iterations of the Indonesian government where I think at that point in time understanding of peat swamp ecology was still in its infancy and there was a need to up rice production in Indonesia mm. so it was called the mega rice project because it was supposed to produce a huge amount of rice right not just yeah and, and like not just for like local consumption but for export and stuff but it never took off it lasted about two years I think so yeah, they cleared all they, those they, things like a lot like area that's bigger than the surface than the surface of Singapore like a few times bigger than Singapore was cleared peat swamps were cleared to grow rice which never could be grown 
because peat swamps are too low in nutrition. Like there's not enough like nutrients yeah. trapped in the soil, right? Um, sometimes it's not even soil and, and, and the water is too acidic. And even it, it went to the extent where people couldn't even bathe in the water there because when you shower and it, it just burns, it stings your eyes. Oh my God. Right? So it was just an unpleasant place to just do work. And it eventually was ab- abandoned. But this also means that now it's like a huge swathe of like degraded, unutilized peat swamps like yeah. hanging around. So by the time we know about the importance of peat swamps, much of this peat swamp has already disappeared. Yeah. Just fringing Singapore was a lot of peat swamp. Mawai, um, that's just like southern Johor, just to the north, northeast of Singapore. And to the northwest, you have Pekananas, which is another peat swamp area. These areas actually have endemic fish species, you know. Like fish species that are only found in the peat swamps on the southern tip of Johor that's just right next to Singapore. We don't even know if they are critically endangered or extinct in a while or okay. extinct proper right now. But now it's all oil palm. And some of these fish species were recently described from these remnant black water, like peat swamp uh-huh. streams in these oil palm plantations. Oh my god. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. So like and like this part of the world and New Guinea. New Guinea also has a lot of peat swamps. Um, but those are under much much less stress. Right? Okay. But like the place where we are, the Malay Peninsula, Sumatra, Borneo, these are like huge areas of peat swamp. Yeah. Where we see a lot of threat to these peat swamps, right? So like it's taken a long time of like learning peat swamp ecology, getting some sense of like the carbon sequestration potential, the specialness of these habitats, the link to haze and all of these things before people are like, okay, you know what, let's not touch them now. Mm. And let's try to find a way to restore them. You know, there's always these doom and gloom stories of like, we always find these things out too late. And I guess in many cases, it's it's true we do. But I think right now, there is a lot of effort into learning the ecology of peat swamps so that we can aid in their restoration. I think that's definitely something we need to like, start thinking about more like effectively. Not just for peat swamps, but more broadly for any habitat type. Yeah, We're losing more and more habitat. And that's going to cost us something yeah. right like even like you know haze it's a very obvious cost of like habitat loss or degradation yeah um and i think haze is such a good example because it's transboundary it doesn't respect the fact that like actually in singapore we never go and destroy it ourselves right we didn't as singaporeans like go to to, to these countries and like set these fires but yeah. we get affected by them yeah this is not saying that singaporean companies are not culpable for that yeah. but like as singapore citizens maybe we did not yeah, right. but that's true. And in some sense, you know, when things burn, right, and then we face the effects of haze due to wind direction and things like that, you don't really know what burns. Mm. You don't really know which habitats get affected. You just know that something is burning and you are facing the brunt of it's all that. It's unpleasantness, right? Yeah, yeah, while you're living here. But you don't realise that what really goes to waste are rainforest yeah, or tropical rainforest and peat swamps and, that may never restore. Yeah, exactly. And also the people there. Yeah. Like indigenous communities uh, that sometimes live in these areas that mm. end up, you know, like having degraded peat swamps that end up catching fire later on. They suffer the most concentrated sort of yeah. like... Yeah. And peat swamps are never the, the sexiest thing to put yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I wouldn't see a newspaper article with like these murky yeah, yeah, yeah. things and exactly. then having it be front and center as the poster child. I mean, I love peat swamps, so I think it's a marketing issue. I think peat swamps could be marketed in a very, very sexy way. Someone should have taken a photo of you in the peat swamp. You can be the sexy peat swamp poster child. <laughs> oh dear. You know what? Maybe I take you up on this offer. We can try. Yeah. yeah. You change the face of peat swamps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes, it's time to rethink pizza marketing. Climate Cheesecake is brought to you by the Cheesecake Collective and powered by Artwave Studio. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Climate Cheesecake. Go follow us. To find out more about the references mentioned in this podcast, check out Climate Cheesecake on Instagram and additional links and references can be found on our website, artwave.studio slash climate cheesecake.